going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my trusted co-host, Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, Hogline Nation. You are listening to the 262nd episode of the podcast, week 13 in the books, on to week 14, a week that all three of us would like to forget and move on from, but we'll get to that in just a second. Eagle Steelers both lose terrible games. Uh, other than that, was it a good weekend, or did that just stain the weekend too much that you can't really think about anything else for you guys? Um, little, I don't know. <laughs> Mood kind of reflects mean, how the Steelers go, so I guess I don't know. Yeah, a, a large part of my mental health relies on my football team. So when it goes poorly, it, it it's tough to recover from. There's no denying it. Especially for our case as well, for the for the Steelers game, there were two weather delays. Yeah, the lightning. It was just like a extended sadness. Yeah, like of all games that I, that could have been dragged out for like six hours, like <laughs> that one was it. That Not was like one. God. Yeah, it was uh, death by a thousand paper cuts for sure. Um, I mean, I'm looking, I'm just checking of the other scores just to jog my memory. And there's a lot of games here that were not too great. I mean, the Monday night game yesterday and the Thursday night game, for that matter, were really good. Uh, Yeah, the Sunday night game was very competitive. Um, On Thursday, the Cowboys beat the Seahawks 41-35. Sunday night football, the Packers upset the Chiefs. Uh, I think they were six and a half point underdogs. And they win by eight. And then the Bengals, 10-point underdogs, beat the Jags in overtime. So some upsets, some good games. But the Sunday slate during the day wasn't too great. There's some very ugly games here. None other than the Chargers-Patriots 6 nothing final score. Uh, we have the 13-8 Falcons-Jets game, which Yummy. Tim Boyle finally got benched and then subsequently released. Long time coming. I think maybe the Jets were listening to the last episode of the podcast. They must have. So <laughs> there's that. I did a parlay. Uh, it didn't hit because there the I had stuff with the Eagles game that didn't go my way. But the Jets Jets Falcons portion that I did was a Falcons minus two and a half, and a Tim Boyle not to throw a touchdown pass. So that was <laughs> that was all green. Of course it was. Uh, I had a dream on Saturday on Friday night that the dolphins beat the commanders 96 to 12 and they <laughs> did their best job of doing it. They won 45 to 15 and uh, Joe Flacco was in there in the mix too. He didn't play too bad. So yeah. Um, but let's backtrack a little bit. Eagles, they follow the 49ers 42 to 19. Mm-hmm. Shref, the floor is yours. I mean, if you want to light a fire under the secondary, please go ahead because they got torched. Yeah, there's like the. Uh, I mean, I'll start by this was dis- disappointing, but I unfortunately not surprising. Um, I think I said it last week after the uh, Bills game where I like at halftime when they were down and I thought that maybe the you know, the, the bounces and the big-time plays were going to run out. I said that it was going to be a wake-up call. Um, this is certainly a wake-up call, um, about as big of a wake-up call as you could get. A um, couple different thoughts on both sides of the ball. Um, I'll start with the offensive side because I think I'm, I'm going to be – I'm not going to be light on the offense here because there's issues, but I think the other side of the ball is, is the, the main focus at the moment. Um, offensively, there's a few issues – one, um, just a complete unwillingness to stick with the run game uh, is something that I have, I feel like, been talking about the last couple weeks. Um, I understand that the final score and kind of the way that the game script went, I'm not saying that I was expecting them to, like, you know, run it in the fourth quarter, but it felt like even early on. I mean, DeAndre Swift ended the game with six carries for 13 yards, um, and I understand that that's a low, a low number, 2.2 yards a carry, so it's like, hey, the run wasn't working, but the pass wasn't working either. So at some point, there has to be a, a, a switch in the thought process a little bit. 
and trying to get back to kind of the identity of this team. Um, the offensive line, um, I don't want to say that they've necessarily been awful, but there hasn't been that, like, sense of, hey, this is the Eagles offensive line, like, pretty, like, consistently a top, like, three unit in football. Last year, I would say far and away the best unit in football. Um, I know you lose Isaac Samalu, but Jurgens was kind of, we were hoping was going to be able to step in and, you know, not obviously be a one-for-one replacement because he's a little smaller, but would be, like, able to suffice. And it's, I mean, the entire line has been kind of an issue uh, as a whole. Um, they're not getting, like I said, they're not getting burned, but they're, there's, they're not dominating like they had before. Um, especially in this Niners game, I, I, I thought they got bullied at the line of scrimmage for pretty much the entirety of the game. Um, so that's a problem in itself. And then the offensive line problem is being compounded by the fact that Jalen Hurts just refuses to step up in the pocket. Um, I had one friend, uh, talk about it and I agreed with it where it's almost like if you like how anyone loves to play Madden where it's like scramble out kind of bide your time as you're scrambling and kind of hope you can hit someone streaking down the sideline or cutting across there's he and it's even frustrating it's more frustrating because I watched him do it last year at a very like high and consistent rate where he was he was he was confident enough to like step into these throws and you know not worry about maybe having to take a little bit of a hit but stepping up to kind of find the soft spot in the pocket that was collapsing. He refuses to do it this year. He, It feels like he flees at the first sign of danger in the pocket, rolling out either to the right or to the left, but it doesn't – I don't know. He he seems, like, afraid to make throws at times. And it, even in this game, too, the, the bigger concern was just holding on to the ball for too long. Um, the offensive line hasn't been great, but there's been times where they're giving him, like, feels like like three four seconds back there and he just refuses to throw the ball um so that it, there's there's concern on the offense for me my thought is that i do still think that the the offense as a as a unit can turn it around they clearly have the talent to do it and i think they will the defense on the other hand is a situation where i i'm starting to feel like there was a bit of rose-colored glasses uh on the on the part of like Howie Roseman and just the talent evaluators in general um we knew going into this year that you were gonna have to you know replace some guys you lose Chauncey Gardner-Johnson you lose TJ Edwards um you lose Javon Hargrave I know they have Jalen Carter in place of him so that's not as big of a concern at the moment but uh Kaiser White as well um there was a lot of a lot of things that were gonna have to be plugged up and I don't know, man, right now they, I just don't think the defense is very good. I think it's like, okay to admit that. Um, I had the stats pulled up one second, but they are, they are in the bottom five in pretty much every important defensive uh, statistic that you could dream of. Um, Give me one second real quick and I'll run through it. Here it is. Uh, 24th in points allowed. 29th in points allowed per drive, 28th in first downs allowed, dead last in third down defense, 29th in red zone defense, 26th in takeaways, and 12th in sacks. And I know 12th in sacks doesn't sound crazy, but when you think about this defensive line, 12 sacks is borderline unacceptable, I would say. Um, it, it just it feels like there's just a lack of talent in a lot of spots, and I think the Niners were able to expose it um, up the middle of the field this linebacker, I know, well, I'm sure we'll talk about Shaq Leonard a little bit, but the linebacker core just simply isn't good enough. They don't play very physical in terms of making tackles. None of them can cover to save their life. Um, and then on the back end, I know Reed Blankenship was supposed to be like, I don't know, like this kind of like rags to riches, like undrafted free agent, got his shot last year, made some big time plays and big time moments, and they were expecting him to kind of be. I don't want to say like the leader of the safety unit, but he was he was their best option coming into this year. I know they traded for Bayard now, but I don't know, man. Blankenship he'll 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 make a play once in a while where you're like, that's kind of what I'd like to see. But he he gets lost out there in coverage a lot, and I mean it, it's an entire team problem at this point. But tackling is still not just not where it's supposed to be. Um, and then at the cornerback position, I. I've been ham. I've been slamming my fist on the table for them to take a cornerback a little earlier in the draft for years now, 
they refuse to do it. I know building in the trenches is important and they've done a very good job of it, but it feels like Darius Slay and James Bradbury have both lost a step. And I'm not even saying that as like a dig on them because I mean, Darius Slay's what, 33 and I think Bradbury's like 31, 30. So it's like, yeah, I, I want to, you know, talk bad on them, not talk bad on them, but just point out that they're not playing up to what I'm sure their standard is. But at the same time, it's like, I, I really wish they would have some younger talent there to try out. I know you have like Eli Ricks and you have like a Sidney Brown who's a safety, but they've kind of used him more in the slot this year. But it's like, I think Sidney Brown was a third rounder and Eli Ricks was an undrafted free agent. So it's like, the the options are just thin back there. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. The offense, I think, is problems that can be fixed throughout the rest of the season. The defense is something that I think we're just kind of going to have to live with. Like, they've done this pretty consistently throughout the entire year. We've watched Sam Howell be look like a top three quarterback in football both times he's played the Eagles. We watched Josh Allen have his best performance probably of the season against the Eagles. Um, we just watched Purdy destroy him. Dak had a great performance. Mac Jones in week one looked like made Patriots fans think that he could be the guy. It This might just be what the defense is this year, and it's a, it's a harsh reality, but it's something that I think the offense is going to have to kind of figure out how to account for as the season progresses here. Because, I mean, the Niners dominated them in every single facet, both offensively and, and defensively. My first question here is, you know, obviously the 49ers felt like they were wronged last year in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Many of them said that the game would have gone differently if Brock Purdy was available. And then we see this play out this year. Uh, Brock Purdy lit- quite literally has, has taken over the MVP race. He is the favorite for MVP mm-hmm. right now. Do you feel like the 49ers were uh, justified in making those comments in hindsight? I know hindsight is the you know, privilege that we get here in the situation, but what are your thoughts on the 49ers, you know, their, their thoughts after the NFC Championship game, kind of getting, I don't know, vindication now and, you know, going forward because, you know, you probably, I don't want to say probably, but there's a, there's still a decent chance that you guys will play in a postseason game. So how do you feel about all of that? Oh. Um, it, there's, there's a couple different ways I look at it. I, I think it's fair. I think it's very fair to say that the game would have been a lot better last year had Purdy not gotten hurt. I think if, if they're, if they think that the result of this, of the game this past Sunday is what it would have looked like last year. I think that is a ridiculous statement. Um, one, because, I mean, we, what we saw it kind of in the, like the first couple drives here, but in this pat this past game, but in that NFC Championship before Purdy got hurt, they, they were on him all day, like all day. Like the reason why he get, left the game is because of that Hassan Reddick uh, sack, or I guess it might have, I guess that might have been like the interception, whatever it was, I forget. But on top of that, I would also say that the offense that the Eagles had last year was humming at a rate that you just don't see very often and they continued it in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. So I don't know if that was something that the Niners would have been able to like completely stop as they kind of did this past Sunday. And on the flip side, as I was told, what I said about the defense at the beginning, I mean, the defense last year with Gardner Johnson with an actual linebacker unit that like knew how to defend, like defend the pass and also be aggressive in the run game. Um, I mean, the D line was, sacking quarterbacks at like an all-time rate last year so the I understand that the Niners team with Brock is a much different team but the the 2022 Eagles are much different than the 2023 Eagles so I just think it's it's tough to make comparisons when there's so many differences on the year like from last year to this year yeah that's fair Uh, both things can definitely be true I mean clearly it would have been closer if Purdy was available because oh, no yeah, I mean, they were, they couldn't even throw the football. So it was, it was just a completely, you know, you might as well just have called the game at that point, not have played it out. So, yeah, I, but, I think like the, yeah. the way, the way that some of the Niners players spoke about it, they, they made it sound like if Brock Purdy was healthy and they played that game 10 times, they would win 
all of them. I I think it would have been a um, it would have been a very good game, and I think those teams would have probably could have split that five and five. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. But we will see. Um, we'll see if this game that happened in week thirteen is truly the defining factor in terms of a potential NFC championship matchup will be held in Philadelphia or will it be in Santa Clara? So I got two questions. Go ahead. Yeah. What? Uh, why do you think I, I feel like they shouldn't have put Hertz back in. Oh, why do you think I, that happened? Oh, it was the most, I mean, that was the most ridiculous decision I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know if like was it was a, Rescore game was or close yeah. to like the game was over. The game was completely over. Um, yeah, it was one of the I, I, I think I screamed at my TV if I remember correct. Like I don't, I don't know if it was him being like I feel fine. Like I want to, like I don't know if he like kind of strong armed him and if they gave him that like ability to like make those calls for himself. But that like that's just poor. He probably team. did, but like you got to really poor team management. Like the, then, yeah. and you know what? That's almost another situation of I think I've talked about Sirianni, maybe not like you know stepping up and like being the one that actually has to like, you know, be serious yeah. when the time comes. And maybe that's another example where like he should probably be like, "Hey, I'm the head coach. I have final say here. Like you're not going back in." Yeah, right. You you gotta at some point protect your players from themselves because yes, they're gonna want to go yeah. in no matter what. Especially again, like the Niners, like they were still like he got knocked out of the game. Like, well, yeah, like, that like that is not a defense that you can like just go back in and be like, all right, let's go right back to it. Like, no, right. Uh, sorry. Well, second question. Um, just expectations for Shaq Leonard and that whole uh, deal. Uh. Not high. Um, I mean, it can't get worse. And the one thing I do like about him is that he is a little bit of a longer player. Um, I worry about his overall just athleticism because of his age now, but he is at least like a bigger body that is experienced and has like a little bit of knowledge in terms of getting in pass lanes and things of that nature. So, I mean, I'm hoping he can provide at least maybe some stability, but I don't expect this to like completely change the defense. I think we're going to see that's more fair. of the same, most likely. Yeah, that's smart to... Um, I mean, he's what, like 30? Is he 30, 31? No, I don't think he's that old, because wasn't he... He won Rookie of the Year in... I guess he is younger, but he's just been hurt a lot. But yeah, he's just injuries have piled up, so the, there's wear yeah. and tear on his body. So I, don't know. I mean, I, um, I, I like the experience, but it, it, it feels like a... I don't know. I'd be shocked if it leads to like the defense all of a sudden like completely turning it around. There, there's still a right. lot of issues there. I mean, yeah, he's he's still a player I really wanted the Steelers to get, given our such bad injury in the backer position. Uh, I mean, we're pulling we we pulled Blake Martinez out of retirement, who was selling Pokemon cards, and we also pulled Miles Jack out of retirement, who purchased a a ECHL team. So that's how desperate we are. Um, but another bonus, like it would. It's pretty much signing Shaq Leonard because his his whole salary is paid is still paid by the Colts. That was all guaranteed, so uh, it really was free. It doesn't it's like, I, they probably? I mean, sign him for the vet minimum. That's what the Eagles are on um, the books for, I imagine. I, I do want to yeah. ask. I do want to ask you you guys your opinion on a uh, on on Dom, on Big Dom. <laughs> uh, I mean, as most Eagles th- Eagles things, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I just like. I mean, I don't hate him. Just like, he just feels very Philly. Oh, he's the most Philly. <laughs> yeah, Philly. he like he the one the way that I really like found out about him is when Jalen Carter was drafted. The one thing that kind of came out of the Eagles was that when he went in for his interview, Dom Dom apparently like vetted him like part like a one like a one on one conversation, and they basically said like. If Dom if Dom clears him, then he's good to go. That's all they said. They're like, if Dom if Dom says he's good, so then weird. he's good. <laughs> like, was he a, a new thing with Sirianni? I feel like that's no. just he's been there forever. That no, that's the funny okay. part. He's he was there in the Reed days. He's he's been like in wow. Philly forever, like a long time. But for yeah. for I don't know what Sirianni must like really love the dude because he's he's right. He's very much his right hand man. 
what's his title? What's he listed as? He's like he's a head quality of, he's control? Like head of security for the Eagles, I believe. Like basically head of security. What I what I've seen is that he like pretty much accompanies guys like just about like I think I saw today that Mylotta was at like a signing of some sort and big and, and Dom was there with him. So he's he's basically just like the bodyguard of the Eagles. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if anyone doesn't know what we're referencing, Dre Greenlaw uh, got into an altercation with uh, Mr. Dom, the head of security of the Philadelphia Eagles, and both of them subsequently got ejected from the contest. So that's what happened. I uh, I wish Greenlaw would have dropped him. That's all. That's all my comments. Yeah, it was a weird situation because like Dom very much inserted himself into that issue. And then Greenlaw got got hot and did something about it, and that was that was all she wrote on that one. But it was it, it for me. It was good uh, comic relief from what was otherwise uh, just an absolutely horrendous evening. All right, so that is the Eagles game. They, you know, can't afford to wallow in this one. They go to Dallas uh, to play the Cowboys, who they had a very close contest with just a few weeks ago. Moving on to the Steelers. We lose to the Arizona Cardinals 24 to 10. Uh, 6-point favorites coming into the contest. I mean, it was kind of close for the first half. Then it really wasn't as the game progressed. I know there was the weather delays as we mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, pretty much everything that could have gone wrong kind of did Kenny got knocked out of the game late in the second quarter I initially I don't know if you thought this Jack or Shreff if you were watching but I initially thought it was another concussion because uh-huh. he got hit in the head which made me very concerned considering Kenny's already had at least two that we know of concussions in his NFL career but it was a high ankle sprain and he had tight rope tight rope surgery yesterday on Monday and he's going to be out for an estimated two to four weeks. Thankfully, he will avoid IR. So he, I'd say if I had a guess, he's probably going to be back for the Seattle game, which is week 17. I thought Kenny looked decent in the little over quarter and a half that he played. He was seven for 10, 70 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So he didn't hurt the world on fire. Say that again. QBR of 48.5, which isn't like that bad. Yeah, he played all right. Uh, especially that first drive looked like looked like we were going to dominate because he had a very yeah. good first drive. Also, in addition to Kenny uh, getting hurt, Alandon Roberts had a groin injury mid-game. Uh, Salamalu left the game as well, and TJ Watt left the game for a couple times, actually. It looked like he was going to be... I thought I was very nervous about that, but TJ's not even on the injury report as right. of right now, so... Thankfully, we avoided uh, a serious injury on that, and Salamalu and Roberts were limited participants today. So, barring a setback, setback, it looks like they should be good to go for Thursday. Uh, we got to talk about Mason Cole. Uh, he yeah. he's our center, if anyone doesn't know, and he had a very bad afternoon. At least three, maybe even more snaps that were just on the ground. Two of them resulted in fumbles, and one of them was lost. And the one we lost was in the red zone or close to it, right, Jack? In the red zone. Yeah, in the red zone. So, I mean, that just can't happen. That's just unacceptable. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you have one snap like that every, like, you have, like, every, like, I, six or seven games, maybe. See, I don't but, even, that's even too much. Like, yeah. It, like, you get, maybe you get that once a year, honestly. Yeah, it happened three times in a game, and it was just, I don't know what happened. One of them didn't even hit his, like, usually when that happens, it hits, like, their their butt or their upper leg, and it, like, rolls to the ground. Yeah, no, it, I it think rolled one, to Kenny the whole way, almost. Yeah, the, uh, I think the one to Mitch, too, didn't even hit anything on his body. It was just a low no, snap. No, the one, the one to Mitch hit him in, like, the shin. Like, it was a low snap, and it was catchable. Mitch should have caught it, but you can't like it's still in the center. Like just put it there. Like it's it's I, I, I wanna say it's not that hard, 
but it's like your job. It's like the main part of your job. So you you got to be good at that. Like yeah. I wanted to ask Shref, like Kelsey, what are his bad snaps? Like how often does they do they happen for like the best center in the league? Uh, not very. He he snaps it a weird way, but it's it's very. He, he's more of a he'll get the false starts going sometimes, but in terms of bad snaps, you're not seeing it too often. Like in shotgun, is never like. You're not getting Super one that's lower or like you, you might get one that's a little like coming out a little hot, but you're not getting one that's like way offline. Okay, yeah, right. Like I, uh, and he's the best center in the league. And like a, even if a good center, I'd say like what Mitch, given like one a year, I guess that's all right. I mean, I mean, I'm thinking about that. Like, like Creed Humphrey. Like, how many times have you seen Mahomes have to like pick up a ball? True. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's and he's not even. Good. Yeah, and also aside from the snaps, he's just also not good in pass pro at all. Yeah. So I mean, it looks like that's going to be a top priority in this offseason for the Steelers. Um, we were penalized nine times for seventy-seven yards. And we also lost a turnover battle, and that just is not going to bode well for our team that doesn't have a lot of explosive plays. So really limiting penalties and winning the turnover battle is very important for a team like us. And when that happens, it's going to be very, very difficult to win a game as we saw on uh, Sunday. And last thing I'll say is I love that we play on Thursday. I just want to get this bad taste out of our mouths. I, I liked how after we played the Jaguars and we lost, we played on Thursday. So I like that opportunity to write the ship very early on. And I mean, you really can't say you feel confident against any team, but if there is a team to feel confident about, it's the Patriots. Um, so hopefully we just get right. And yeah, the the total is 30, which is the lowest since 1993. I don't know if you guys saw that earlier today, but yeah, I did. It's uh, over under 30 for the Thursday night game. So I think it's even going to get lower because I, I like that. I think I saw like 95% of the public still on the under, and it's that's going to shift it down even more until Thursday. And I agree with the public. I, I don't like to go over, it has to be 2110. I don't see that. <laughs> 17 14 to get it done, though. Okay. That's still tough. But that sounds more realistic. I guess, yeah. One of these teams getting into the 20s is tough. Again, both got to get two touchdowns. Um, I'll go. I uh, I guess I'll talk about Kenny as I always do. And the whole... I mean, I'm always excited for Steelers games. Always dream for the Steelers regardless. But like... I think we, we should win even with Mitch. But we're gonna win, and people are just gonna be like, "See, Mitch, like Mitch is the same. Like it's just they're the same, and it's like it's not that case. Like it, it, it's if you think Mitch and Kenny are the same, you're you're truly not watching every game, not watching the film. Um, the this year a record seven and five. In games that Kenny has started and finished, we are seven and two. I I know QB wins QB record. I hate, but as an actual QB stat, but I think there's truth to it. We're in games where Kenny starts and finishes. We're seven and two, and um, obviously where Mitch has to fill in, we're zero and three. Um, two of those. I mean, one of those games was a Texans game that was a blowout. I wouldn't. Kenny's losing that game. The Jags game. I mean, when Kenny went out, it was a one-score game, if I'm remembering correctly. I It's tough to say we'd win, but it, I think it would be different. And then this game, too, it was... Uh, Just tied. It was tied when Kenny got out, right. So, um, and he was looking looking all right. Um, so I guess that's all I really have to say about that. I mean, also... I mean, at this point, yeah, I don't know. Like, he's going to miss the next, like, three weeks. He can have two weeks left. Like, he's got to, like, everyone's going to write him off. And I'm, like, I don't honestly really care at this point, like, what everyone's saying about him. Um, because I know people aren't truly watching and they just like to pile on because, I don't know, for whatever reason. Um, but, 
at least for his development, I'm already going to chalk this season up as a wash and put it into next year. Let's say, give an actual offensive coordinator for all season, off season and season. Not even the whole, like, you can even just give him, like, half the season. And if he looks bad in the half the season, in, like, eight, nine games, ten games, you can make a switch, and I, that's reasonable to expect. Like, that, that is, I guess, an appropriate window of, like, evaluating if you want. I mean, truly, it should be the whole season, but if it's bad enough, you can replace him midseason towards the end. Um, giving, I don't know. I would say bring in someone else as well, but we extended Mitch. We like Mitch. He is the highest paid backup, so like theoretically, he's the best backup in the league. I guess he is. I like, don't think so. Like theoretically, he should be, but like I don't know. I don't know if I'm just being greedy, but I don't like. You see guys like Jake Browning come in and look fantastic last night. So like maybe there are guys that can play out there. Um. And granted, I mean, I make the excuse for Kenny all the time, and I'll make it for Mitch as well. Like, it's it's not a good offense, so that's not working in his favor at all. So, um, yeah, it's a tough spot for for Kenny right now. Hopefully, Mitch can keep us afloat, and then maybe Kenny give us a playoff push. Maybe like we win a game in the playoffs. That's our ceiling. Um, but just the injury really sucks. Like okay, one of the things I think Kenny does best is athleticism. It's just like an ankle injury that's it's gonna limit you um there so uh, i guess all i got about that quickly i guess everything else um i said our inside linebacker position is really banged up a lot mitchell say Landon roberts out we're gonna i mean blake martinez he was on the active roster when we signed him we signed him right to the 53 man i don't know why we didn't see him on sunday um but He'll be getting it. He has to get action on Thursday. Miles Jack, I think, will be elevating as well. So, you know, those are names that you know and trust, or not trust, but that are, if you trust in the past, they've been good, productive players in the past. So, I don't know. Hopefully, they could relinquish something here. Uh, Minka broke his hand during the game, casted it up, and finished the game. That's crazy. And he's. Gonna oh, said he's definitely playing Thursday. So this first came back off IR. TJ, same as Mitchell. I was like, and also same thing with Jalen Hurts. Like we had TJ in at the end. I was like, why? This game is over. And like he clearly wasn't like there was a, at the end of the game, it's like it was James Conner escaped and like TJ just couldn't make the tackle. It was like he's clearly limited by something. It's just um, I mean, oh, he should be out there on Sunday. I mean on Thursday. Um. Yeah, I guess that's uh just about everything. It's gonna be ugly on Thursday. Hopefully, yeah. We I'm we apologize hoping, like, to Hogland Nation and the world tuning in because they don't they don't deserve this. No, they really don't. Um, I was gonna say, did they uh did they get Trace McSorley? That yep. Happened? Will will we see Trace McSorley slash do you want to see Trace McSorley? <laughs> no and no. No and no. <laughs> I thought it was worth the ask. <laughs> I and I mean he's he third. Cool song he'll, about him, though. He, he does. He'll he'll be active on game day, I think. Because I mean I, Mitchell asked me this and I don't know. I forget who's our like on our practice. Obviously Mason Rudolph is our third. I don't I guess we didn't have anyone. Like I know we had Tanner Morgan, you know, the undrafted rookie right. in training camp. I don't know if he made our practice squad or not, if he's still there. Or I we just trust McSorley more. Um so uh what do you th- like uh, there's like a, a small subset of Steeler fans online that like want Mason Mitchell. What do you uh stance on Mason? And like, where where are we at with that? I think that if Mason Rudolph was worthy of being on the field, he would be on the field. Certainly, I agree. With I, that. I don't think there's an agenda of loyalty to Mitch just for the sake of being loyal to him. 
I think he's our second best quarterback. And he gives us at this point with Kenny not playing the best choice, best chance to win the game. So no, I don't want to see him. And yeah, I, I'm not in that camp. The only thing like Mason sucks, obviously like the only thing he offers, like I feel like he, he's like a bigger quarterback and I feel like he's got a strong arm. If we want to air it out, I guess like theoretically Mitch can air it out. He's fine. I mean, he's not like yeah, Mitch isn't like a weak armed quarterback, but I think Mason like can air it out a little more maybe, but he's and Mitch isn't accurate himself. Mason's a lot more inaccurate and has his worst trait is pocket awareness awareness. And Mitch is definitely a lot smarter there. Um, so I don't know. And I, I'd say Mitch is yeah. way Mitch is way more athletic and can run way better well, than Mason. Yes. Yeah, that I guess you can call him a better runner. I mean, like athletic Mason's a very athletic person. Like, or, I mean, like qu- guy. I guess like athleticism in terms of like running and like Mason can run. He's just like dumb. <laughs> I don't know. He, he like he doesn't uh know when to run. Like his pocket awareness is bad. It's like you got to take off and like yeah, I don't know. Cuz like remember in the Lions game, it's like cuz in 2021 where he had to start cuz Ben had covid and it was like he ran for like 25 yards and we're like, "Whoa, quarterbacks can run." <laughs> because <laughs> cuz we had Ben for so long. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think Mitch is better, but like, I'm just like kind of curious. Like, what would Mason do right now in this offense? It's like if Mitch did get hurt, like that'd be interesting to see what Mason does. But like, I don't want him to start or like get over a healthy Mitch get get reps. But I I am oddly curious what would happen here. I'm not curious. I don't want to see it. I don't. Let's just say where it's a blowout. Let's say we're up like thirty-five to three going into the fourth quarter against the Pats on Thursday. Give, okay, give, well, give Mason point, the rock. At that point, yeah. But that's not going to happen. I know. Jack, remember that one time we saw Mason Rudolph? Yep. 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 <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about some teams that played some bad football on Sunday. Let's talk about yeah. our picks and who's doing well. Okay, yeah, sure. Let's do that. (laughs) All right. So we're 13 weeks in the books, as we've said. Have five more to go. Jack swept this past week. He went three and oh. Lions minus four and a half. And your saying came true, Jack. Mm -hmm. The Lions are just five points better than the Saints. And what they do? They won thirty-three to twenty-eight. Yeah. Texans minus three and a half. You're saying Texans just seem four points better than the Broncos. They win by five. And the Steelers Cardinals under forty-one and a half. That hits by a touchdown. So you're good, and you have a perfect weekend. Bring your record to twenty-three and sixteen, and a firm grasp of first place. Uh, bringing that lead to two and a half games over myself, who I did pretty well. I went two and one. Seattle plus nine and a half on the Thursday night game. They nearly win, but they only lose by six, so they covered the nine and a half. The lock of all locks, fading Tim Boyle. Unfortunately, I can't do that anymore because he got released. But the Falcons win by a point and a half. And the Colts Titans under 42 and a half didn't even come close to hitting. That game had 65 total points. No, 59 total points. So that was a bad call by myself. Shref uh, jinxed us. He He's probably the one to blame uh, for this terrible loss. Steelers minus five and a half. Was never close. And the Chargers minus five and a half cover in the most inexplicable way you could ever think of. Six to nothing. So... Good on you what there. A what a win. Shref, you've broken football. That's all I have to I have, say. I have. And the uh, under 40, 47 and a half of the Seahawks <laughs> Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys almost beat the over by themselves as there they were win. Zero, there were zero punts. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so traffic goes one and two. The record is 12, 26, and one. Mm-hmm. We're almost and there. he's eight games behind myself, 10 and a half behind Jack. With that being said, Jack, where would you like to go? Um. Hmm. I'm gonna go back to what I did last week. I was just gonna say I was waiting for it. <laughs> but which one? Well, that's a good question. I'm gonna go with the Texans. Ooh, that was one of my picks, by the way. So thanks for that. <laughs> five and a half. Their favorite by five and a half against the Jets at Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, Jets are bad. I had to bench and then release their quarterback. They started the past two weeks. It's uh, disrespectful to even call him a quarterback. Don't even say so that. I, uh, I'll try to say this quickly. Um, Oh, okay. First on the Texans, they're good. They're I think they're even hungrier now that they have their eyes set on the uh the division with Trevor being out only one game behind the uh Jags record wise and they split with them. So division's very much in division title is very much in play for them and hosting a, a playoff game. So that's one. That's more so the Texans side. The Jets side, complete mess, obviously. I'd mentioned the quarterback thing. And I'm sure you all know about the report, and I texted you guys, as you guys know, that the Jets want to put Tre- or Zach Wilson back into the starting role, but he's reluctant to do so. Yeah. Um, Not good. I'll, and I want to regurgitate what I heard Dan Hansis say on the Around the NFL podcast, one of my favorites, uh, and he's a Jets fan. And like most Jets fans, he's sick of this team. Understandably, um, his and this is a very interesting situation because, like, I've obviously you know, no one's ever heard of a quarterback saying, Nah, <laughs> don't put me back in as the starter. And apparently, like, Rogers is like telling him to, like, no, go back and be a starter. And, like, so it's been a complete mess of how they handle. I mean, Zach Wilson, he. Like many quarterbacks getting drafted, it's all, not all, it's a lot of it is circumstantial. Like Brock Purdy playing an MVP, Zach Wilson not being good, Kenny not having good stats, Mac Jones falling apart. Like, it's not like all these teams misevaluated Purdy and he was actually a better prospect than these guys. Like, it's a lot, a lot of it is circumstantial. Um, and the Jets are one of the worst franchises for many players and especially quarterbacks we drafted to. Um, we all know the history of Zach Wilson, but then this year it's been such a mess because of the Rodgers thing. And then there's such a disconnect organizationally between uh, Salah and who's the GM? Woody Johnson? Is he the, he's the owner. Who's the GM? It, Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas. Douglas, yes. Well, all three of them. Like what they all want, mm-hmm. and every week Salah's press conference is just like reporters asking him questions, and like he can't really you got nothing. Yeah, well, he's just like it seems like he's getting a lot of pressure. Like he's the GM is telling him who needs to start, and like and same with the pres- team president too. What do you like? It's just he he's not really making he he's answering on behalf of other people, and it's mm-hmm. just such a mess. So. Back to what Dan Hansis thinks is going on here, because again, this is like such an unprecedented quarterback not wanting to be a starter. Um, the Zach Wilson, I mean, this is what like the third time he's gotten benched now for Tim Boyle a couple weeks ago. At that point, he he's this is all like speculation, and it kind of makes sense that like at that point they sit him down and be like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna bench you. We're gonna put you as our third. Um, like emergency quarterback type thing, and or plan we're gonna part ways in the off season, give you a fresh start, get to try to get some value out of you. Um, and it, that is, I feel like that that could have been the agreement 
but then since the organization they're so bad at evaluating quarterbacks, they think who is it? Obviously Tim Boyle and is it Simeon they also have? Um they think they're the better option, Zach Wilson, which they're probably not, both of them. I still take Zach Wilson, both of them. Um, that they think that's a better solution, but it clearly isn't, and they have to go back to Zach Wilson. And now Zach Wilson's like kind of like screw you to this organization. You guys are done with me. You want to trade me. I think I want to stay healthy because I know this O line stinks. I know so I, I just want to stay healthy and just keep my because like what if he gets in there and like tears the ACL? Like no he's literally done if that happens if he has like a season injury. Um so I theoretically like if it's for injury and I think that's what he said. I mean, who knows what reports are true or not. Um, if if that's like the real reason, that's a story. Like it kind of makes sense. Um, granted, to 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 play devil's advocate, like if you want to boost your trade value and teams go after you, go out there and ball and put up some good tape as much as you can. Um, so there's two arguments there, but I I I kind of like that theory obviously not like 100% true but I feel like that could be the reasoning for such a bizarre report um, and I know this isn't really related I mean it is related to my pick in the text over the Jets and I kind of went on a tangent here but I just thought it was an interesting like theory I wanted to, to share again credit Dan Hansis yeah that was interesting thanks for uh, explaining that I thought you were going to end that whole soliloquy with just with that being said Texans minus five and a half <laughs> well, yes, that also being said, that's just a, a glimpse of how un, like toxic this organization is and how terrible their season is fall, has fallen apart. Hey, no matter how bleak things get for us, you know, with the season and all of the shortcomings, we can just sit here and say, hey, at least we're not Jets fans. Yeah, that's very true. So I'm up here. I'm debating two. I like them both. But I'm going to be going with the Lions minus three. So I'm glad you didn't go back to the Lions, Jack, because I really yeah, wanted I them. Mean, that one, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot. But like that one just feels like it's so like not right it's that like trap. it scares me a little bit. Yeah. It's a trap. But they should beat the Bears. And they, I mean, if they beat the they Bears, they'll probably win by three. They got to be four points better than the Bears, right? They have to. Since 2021, under Dan Campbell's leadership, the Lions are 11 and four against the spread in divisional games. That's the third best in that span. And these two teams played in Week 11. The Lions won by five, and I feel like that was the best that the Bears could have possibly played this Lions team. And they still lost by five. I know it's in Chicago, but still, right. I, I just. You know what I mean? I can't see the Bears playing any better than they did that day as it's currently stands. Yeah, I guess the book is saying like, I mean, lost by five last time and gave him a, a three-point-ish home field boost. And was, I don't know, I don't think Fields was playing that game actually. So. I don't remember, but maybe. No, but, I think he was playing. I don't know. Regardless. Regardless. Regardless, I think the Lions are winning by three. Um, so that's my pick. Good. Streff. Yeah. Um, what strategy are you trying out this week? There's no strategy. There's no strategy. <laughs> to make a long story short, there's absolutely no strategy. Um, I'm going to start with... There is going to be a theme to it, though, I think theme Ooh. yeah there's not a strategy but there but, but but i think there's a theme a little bit um i'm gonna start with the saints minus five and a half at home against the panthers it's Jameis time it's Jameis time um, is he playing yeah as I, I think so unless something like crazy with car happened i think he had like like multiple things happen to him on that injury i think it was like concussion and i think he did something to like his hand, maybe I forget. Either way, um, it's going to be Jameis time, and on top of it, the Panthers are just a really, really bad football team. 
and I don't really see how they turn it around. Meanwhile, the Saints, while the Saints aren't good, um, this division is absolutely brutal. So, I mean, these teams are still very much fighting for a playoff spot. So certainly some incentive. And while I don't think Derek Carr is an awful quarterback, um, I I know Jameis is going to make a silly, probably a couple silly throws in this game. But I don't think the Panthers offense has enough against the Saints defense to really um, like keep up with them. And I think Jameis is going to air it out enough where you know points are going to come out of it. So I'm going to take the Saints to start. I'm going to do that. Um, and then... Ooh, I'm debating if I want to take my total next. Do it. You won't. If I'm remembering... Yeah, screw it. That doesn't matter. Under 46.5 in the Seahawks-Niners game. Uh-oh. You're I'm betting here. the Seahawks game. I'm betting the Seahawks game again. That's but not good. I know. That's two weeks in a row, Shref. That's It is. It is. But You're, you're fully back on the wagon. No. But or it, fall, it, fell off the wagon? I don't know how the saying goes. I don't know what it did, but divisional matchup. Um, you literally did this last week, and then it, it never... Not a divisional matchup. Divisional matchup. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, this Niners defense, um, I just watched it uh, up front in person. I know we said it about the Dallas defense, and Gina was able to you know, kind of maneuver his way through there. But this this Niners team is, like, eating teams alive on defense the last couple weeks. Um, I do think that trend is going to continue this week. Um, in terms of the Niners putting up points, like I said, it's a divisional game, so I think it's going to be, you know, the screws are going to be a little bit tighter, I think, for both teams. Um, and, yeah, uh, there's a lot of really low numbers this week, so I'm kind of, like, scared to touch some of them. So I'm just going to I'm gonna go high and, and aim low here. So under 46.5. You just love to justify your addiction. I do. I do. You're I like, like oh, it's a divisional it. game. I'm not but, really betting on them because it's a total, but there are some really low. There's so there's some really low numbers this week. It's, there uh, are. It just shows it, well how many backup quarterbacks we got in. It never ends well, Shref. It always ends at 3 a.m. You tweaking off, tweaking off the meat. Tweaking off the meat. Yeah, just doing it for the joke of it. <laughs> I'm. Uh, it's not a joke. It's a serious. Yeah, issue. this is this is serious. Um, the the Steelers Patriots isn't the only game at thirty and a half. The Browns Jags is also at thirty and a half too. So gross. Yeah. Uh, so my next pick, I'm gonna be going with the Chiefs minus two and a half. What about it? Uh, since 2018, that's Mahomes' tenure as a starter. The Chiefs are thirteen and eight against the spread after a loss, which is third best in the NFL in that span. I think the Chiefs are going to be pissed that they lost. Uh, I know the Bills just had a bye, but I still have to believe that the Chiefs are three points better than the Bills at this point. I know the Bills look good against the Eagles, and they have this rest and and whatnot, but I don't know. I I find it hard to believe that the Chiefs are going to drop two in a row here. So I'm going to be going with the Chiefs. They're at home, and uh, I I think they're going to bounce back. Uh, I'm up, and I am going to bet an underdog. I'm betting the Seahawks. Uh, See, Shreffy, your addiction is spreading. It is, like wildfire. I bet the Seahawks last week. Jack's doing it this week. Jack Jack never bets underdogs, and he's he's hopping on the meat. I am. It just, ten and a half seems like a lot to me. As Shreff highlighted, it is a divisional matchup. And um, I think maybe everyone's just high on how dominant the Niners looked against the Eagles because that's the last thing we saw. But people may have forgotten that the Seahawks looked, at least the offense, looked really good on Thursday against the, you know, the, the Cowboys team that looks really good. So it's uh, they were competitive, obviously, right at the end. Three-point game, I think. Um, so I think they can keep things closer, at least within 10 against the, the Niners. Um and um, my total, I got to do it, Trev. I got to go over. It's fair. Over in that game. I mean, like, you took the under in the Thursday night game, and then and no we pops. watched it an hour later, and just like instantly. Like, you just, yeah. when you, your totals, they just, 
don't I they just do it. the opposite they it, I, I don't know touch for it. i have a special touch for it it's crazy and like i don't even like obviously you look at the all the games the slate this week and it's like this is the game that you would think is like a lot of points and the line is reflects that it's the highest one right and at 46 and a half no, and it's, it's like not. is it not it's the fourth There's, highest one. Oh, yeah, the, oh eagles the, okay the yeah big ones later on well titans dolphins that's yeah. high well dolphins are just gonna no. are the dolphins gonna score 47 they might no jeffrey simmons yeah right he can cover tyreek so <laughs> um Dolphins money lines is minus nine hundred. Um, I mean, I, I again, I don't have much reason other than Streff picked it, so I'm gonna go opposite here. I was really hoping you would pick the under, or sorry, the over, because well, or no, wait, yeah, I mean this. You're yeah, you would you're have zero six and overs. Yeah, you're still yeah. you're only two and five against the under. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not much better. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not. So I mean, playing the odds there. Um, and I mean, I could see it happening. What score do I need? Uh, 20, 27, 21. Mm. Doable. Shref's brought his record to, uh, two and 19 for underdogs, overs, and unders. Dude, leave out the unders. 0 and 14 picking underdogs and overs. Wait, did you pick any this week? He picked oh, a favorite and an under so I have far. A favorite and a under. okay. You still have one left, right? Okay. All right, I'm gonna. Uh, it's tough. I was really liking this one, but now I'm not so sure. As we've kind of talked at, talked out throughout this episode, uh, I'm I'm thi- I'm not gonna. This isn't. I'm not making this official yet. I'm kind of just talking out loud, but. My inclination is the under in the Eagles Cowboys game at 52 and a half. Eagles defense has been bad. The Cowboys have been putting up points against the Eagles in Dallas over the past four or five matchups. But again, I don't know where I'd pivot if I were to pivot. So I guess with that being said, I guess I'll just take the under. I'll make it official. Because I, again, I don't really know where I'd go. Last time these two teams played, it combined for 51, right? 28-23, so that would hit. And uh, I don't know. Maybe the Eagles' defense will bounce back a little bit just because they got obliterated. And maybe maybe Shaquille Leonard will be Bobby Wagner in his prime. You know? Yeah, maybe. We can drink. So I feel like the Cowboys have been pretty hot so far. I feel like they are due for a letdown at some point. I don't know. I'm kind of just... Throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, but fifty it is a lot of points. It's the highest by far of the weekend. So I'll just I'll go with the under. Fifty two and a half. Don't feel great about it, but that's where I'm at right now. Your final pick. It's a trendy pick, but do I want to make the trendy pick? That's for you to decide. I can't. I can't make that decision for you. I'm gonna drag it out as long as possible. Give me the Packers minus six and a half on Monday night. Okay. Um, I know Tommy DeVito has has these boys playing playing inspired football, um, but but he would they beat the Patriots barely, and then, and then they beat the Commanders. Correct. The Jets. Oh, they did beat the Jets in another very ugly one. Um, I'm not I'm not too impressed with that. Uh, we watched what happened against Dallas with him. This Packers defense isn't the Dallas defense, but they've been they've been very very good. I think that continues. Um, Jordan Love has gotten better week after week. Um, Bears fans got to be got to be struggling, I'd imagine. Like he he's looked he's looked like unreal the last couple weeks. I think that's going to continue. Um, they're very much in the playoff hunt, and I think they know that you know when you have a chance to play a team like this, that's kind of you know fish out of water, take advantage of it. So minus six and a half. 
All right. There you have it. Shreff, uh avoids the overs and underdogs. So two favorites and a and under. So it doesn't matter. To recap, we have the Jack has the Texans minus five and a half, the Seattle Seahawks plus ten and a half, and the Seahawks 49ers over 46 and a half. I have the Lions minus three, the Chiefs minus two and a half, and the Eagles Cowboys under 52 and a half. And Shreff has the Saints minus five and a half, the Packers minus six and a half, and the Seahawks 49ers under 46 and a half. Any uh any backups you guys wanted to throw out there? Um I really wanted to take the Broncos plus two and a half, but I, I didn't want to root for the Broncos. I kinda like the uh I know it's low. I like the over the Jack Cleveland game. Kinda surprised it's that that low. Given how bad the Jags D looked on Sun Monday. Brown's D was kind of vulnerable, surprisingly. I mean, I don't know. Offenses obviously aren't good. Now they're the Jags are on the back of them too. But and obviously, I hinted I like the under in that uh, Dolphins Titans game. I mean, it's gonna be like forty-one to six. That would, that would push. I also thought about the over in Colts Bengals thirty-nine and a half. I thought Browning moved the ball well. And the Colts, Steichen has them. I mean, Minshew hasn't been, like, good, but they keep finding ways to score points. True. That's true. Yep. It's insane that the Jags let up 491 total yards of uh, on defense. That's so yeah, much. They probably look great. <laughs> looked fantastic. Just perfectly you in know what the, his QBR is. Perfectly in the rhythm of the offense. QBR Monday was 84. Yeah, that's that's very, very good. Five different players. Five different players threw a pass on Monday night's game. Yeah, and when it wasn't Jake Brown, it was horrible. Uh For the Bengals. I will will leave Hogline Nation. We've talked about this stupid game so much already. Probably way more than we should have. But the Steelers-Patriots. Um... Do you guys? I know Jack leans the under. Shreff, where do you lean on that? I would lean the under too. I, I don't care how how low it is. <laughs> I kind of. Oh, actually, before we me. sign off, uh, I'll share a uh, this thing that I'm doing, which is, I guess, a trend. Um, and it, it's a good. You know, I feel like a lot of times we talk about bad beats and bad luck. So I came out on the good side of uh, a lucky parlay. For the Monday night game. I'm doing the, you guys know the $10 rollover uh, thing that's kind of been going viral a little bit, the sports betting. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So if you don't know what it is, it's you you put $10 in a same game. Well, it could really be anything, but it could be straight bets. But what I did was a same game parlay of a bunch of like minus 400, minus 500 type things. Uh, that equal out to either around minus 110 or plus 100. Like that would equal out to a straight bet. And then you take that $10 and you know, you double your money and then you just keep rolling it over. People do for like $10 to like 10 K. I'm not, I'm not nearly going that much. I just want to get to like the 150 range, maybe win like four of these in a row. But anyway, what I did for yesterday's game was, uh, it was five legs in a same game parlay, and it equaled out to plus one hundred. And I did Bengals plus twenty because they were ten point underdogs. I did over thirty, which I think the total was set at forty, and obviously it went way over. Evan Ingram twenty five plus yards. He had like eighty something. I had Tyler Boyd over ten plus uh, yards, and he had I think. 37 or something. And the last one that I needed was Christian Kirk plus uh, 25 plus yards. And do you know oh, how much wow. he had? Oh, it was like that catch less than 25. Yeah, no, he had 26 yeah. and that's, he, had, he caught a 26 yard pass in the first quarter and then was out for the rest of the game. Also they're, um, they're making up his injury, right? Like they said, it was a core injury today. 
They did say that's that. Not, that's not what it what it was. I don't think the nuts got squashed big time. Prayers up for Christian Kirk, and thanks for coming through for me. That's all we got to say. Prayers up for CK. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed. Hope uh, your weekend of football went better than ours. And uh, still time to write this ship. We got five weeks left, the home stretch. And once again, we apologize for this embarrassment of a football game that's going to be taking place in two days. So, yeah, buckle up. We'll see. We'll catch you all next week. See ya. Peace.